Matters. Hello and welcome to Dork Matters, the podcast by dorks, for dorks, about dorks, with dorks on the mind. If, if you're not a dork, what are you doing here? Really? Don't shy away from who you are. If you are a dork, be proud. Embrace it. Welcome to the dork fold. We welcome you. You golden opportunity. Welcome to the dork side. The dork side. A little bit of trivia. That could have been this podcast name. It was on the list. It was on the list. We had many great dork puns. Do you remember any of them? Because that's all I've got. I, my favorite was Dorcas McGorcus. Dorcas McGorcus. Or was it Dorcas Malorcus? It was some configuration of those words. Of Dorcas and or mug something M- kiss. M- yeah. Here's a little anecdote. Apparently, uh, the term hocus pocus is possibly a sort of sham Latin version of the uh, Latin sort of invocation of uh, this is my body, the bread or whatever during a communion take. Hmm. So during the Catholic service, they say something like, I don't know, this sounds like Hocus Pocus. This is a real good little bit of trivia. I love it. Let's let's, let's save this for some Halloween episode. This is a spooky episode. This is, is this spooky now? I don't actually know when this will come out. Um, but this is Dork Matters. Yeah, welcome to Dork Matters. And I am your dad dork, uh, Ben Rankle. And with me, as always, is... Lexi. Yeah, that's it. Lexi. You're just share now? You're just one naming it? Uh, After five other episodes, you've decided that you don't need a last name. These people know who you are. Yeah, come on, guys. Get with it. If you don't know who I am, what are you doing? No, it's... it's Lexi. Yeah, just pop that into Google. Lexi. L-E-X-I. Those four letters. And you are almost assuredly going to find our Lexi and not a million other people. That's how popular Lexi is. I looked up my name the other day and the first thing that, okay, actually, this is really funny. Um, every so often, I'm sure everyone does this, you Google your name just to be like, what's out there? As a author that has been published, I definitely have Googled myself, if you'll pardon the expression. Of course you have. And don't let anyone tell you that it'll make you go blind. It won't. <laughs> it'll just make you stronger. <laughs> Strong hands. Oh, but I looked up my my full, my fancy name. So I looked up Alexandra Hunt and I found that there's like four of us out there doing kind of like, and I mean this in a great way. They're all wonderful. There's like an Alexandra Hunt who's like a big time photographer, an Alexandra Hunt who is like a, a big time politician in the United States, and then an Alexandra Hunt who is an artist. And then there's me. And I feel like it's like we were once one person and then a witch split us into four and I got all the shitty attributes and these other <laughs> three Alexandras are out there like living our best lives. And you know what? Good for them. I'm so happy that they're doing great out there. I mean, we might have a difference of opinion on whether or not you are living your best <laughs> life. How many degrees do you have? And a successful career and an owl mug that I can see in the video here. Beautiful. I have three owl mugs in different colors. Ibu for our Quebecois listeners. It's uh, owl Ooh. en français. That's what Alberta French lessons will get you. Yeah, actually, no, that's what you get from the, uh, what is it? Duolingo app, which doesn't actually teach me the Canadian or Quebecois version of the language. 
No. It only teaches me the France French. French French. As you have almost certainly figured out by now, we are talking about Star Trek tonight. (laughs) Of course we are. We are talking about Star Trek in a general terminology. You can bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow or another day in the future we'll talk about all of the series specifically. But for tonight, what we wanted to do was rank them. Mm -hmm. We're going to do our hot or not, but for Star Trek series, and we're going to, we're going to figure out exactly the right order that they should be in from best to worst. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, if you don't know what Star Trek is, I don't know how you ended up here listening to this, but don't go stay, learn, laugh, love. This is an educational show. And we're about to teach you what Star Trek is. Mansplain style. Mansplain. Well, is there, how do you mansplain a science fiction series? Well, I mean, you could. Oh, like easily. Hello? Look, it's me, a white male with glasses and a beard who's into dork culture. I can mansplain anything. (laughs) I sincerely try not to because that's a shitty way to be, but I could. Okay, so if someone had never heard of Star Trek before, how would you explain it to them in a non-mansplaining way? Oh, I mean, just by virtue of me being the one to tell people, that's mansplaining. No, I'd have to interrupt somebody else's uh, explanation. So here, you go ahead and you start telling them what Star Trek's about, and then I'll jump in. Okay, so Star Trek is a science fiction series that was started by Gene Roddenberry back in the 60s and has since evolved into, I think we had found 10 different TV uh, series, not to mention the countless movies and other you know shorts and things like that that you can probably find online. And it follows a crew of individuals as they fly across space, seeking out and discovering new planets and species. And uh, that's about it. Oh, shit, that was pretty good. Oh. Yeah, you, I was waiting for the interrupt and you didn't jump in. Well, I decided I thought that... You were gonna... Actually... I decided that real mansplaining would wait till the end and then do the well, actually. Uh, okay. So, like, well, actually, Star Trek was described as... Uh, you know, a wagon trail train to the west, but in space among the stars, and uh, with Gene's original vision and stuff like that. But like, I got nothing. I'm not smart enough. If you're new here, Lexi is in like nine times smarter than me, yeah. at least nine times. I'm not good at math or multiplication or anything. <laughs> so, if we're gonna categorize as Lexi's the smart dork and I'm the dumb dork, that's. Not that that ever stopped a dude from mansplaining, being less intelligent about something. I just thought of ourselves as like the Care Bears, like all the different Care Bears had their little, their things on their tummies. Yeah. Care Bears countdown, four, three, two, one. There was like Cheer Bear and then there was like Heart Bear. So I'm smart dork. You're dad dork. You're <laughs> dad dork. We should introduce ourselves like that going forward. We should have a little, a moniker for ourselves. See, I don't think is smart i think of myself as like like the teacher's pet like oh pick me i i have ever so much knowledge on this topic like ugh. Mm. What, what type of bear is that insufferable bear okay <laughs> i don't consider you insufferable i can suffer you very well lexi oh thanks i actually quite enjoy talking to you <laughs> what is that mansplaining enough that's great you just want the insufferable bear t-shirt oh that would be cool that's merch let's put it on the merch list dad dork and insufferable dork i don't know um what would i call you the you're are you're our book dork okay 
I like that. I'm, I'm the book dork. Or, or, or scholar dork. Ooh. Yeah, you like that. Like the owl. Like the owl. Mm, good, good. I don't really have an animal that I'd consider sort of connected to me through virtues. Um, what is an animal that's like the the father? Probably a bear. I was thinking of like a gorilla, like a, like a silverback. Bears for the brood. Uh, oh, all right. Bad gorilla caring for the babies. Oh, cool. That's what I do. That's why I go by Dad Dork. I am. Uh, if you're new here or if by chance we've never talked about it before or some reason it got cut out of a previous episode. I am a stay-at-home parent, and uh, so that's why I'm a dad dork, not just because I have uh, offloaded some genetic material. That was, was that good or bad? I don't know. Is that a gross way to refer to procreating? I mean, I don't think it's a great way to talk about procreating when you get <laughs> to the biology of it. I guess I was trying to, like, demystify it, really educate people. <laughs> I think that everybody should watch the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie describes the egg eating the sperm. And it's, I just thought that was beautiful. just like, it's nah, perfect. sex education at its finest right there. Uh, we're all warmed up. We're ready to talk Star Trek. Let's get into it. Let's talk about what our favorite series are. I'm going to give us a little breakdown here right quick of the different series and then we can start placing them in order of what's the best and what is not. We are only dealing with the television shows. We're not doing movies or anything like that. So we have the original series, 1966 to 1969, the animated series, which ran from 1973 to 1974, the next generation, 1987 to 1994, Deep Space Nine, 1993 to 1999, Voyager, 1995 to 2001, ran concurrent with Deep Space Nine, and then Deep Space Nine and Next Gen overlapped by like a year. Uh, we've got Enterprise, 2001 to 2005, uh, Discovery, which is 2017 to present. So you can see there's a big, uh, big, big Star Trek gap there for a while. Um, and then, according to Wikipedia, there is short treks. They consider that a series. I do not. I don't think we're going to include that in our rankings here. Lexi? No, we're not doing it. All right. Fuck you, short treks. Get out of here. Uh, you're, you're lovely. I like watching you, but you are not a series as far as I am concerned. Uh, we got Picard, 2020 to present. Lower Decks, 2020 to present. And that's what we're dealing with. Nothing in development. I'm excited for, uh, you know, Star Trek Prodigy and Star Trek Strange New Worlds uh, as much as anyone, but we're not, we're not ranking shows that haven't come out, so yeah. that's what we've got. Let's get into it. What is, we're going to do this the other way, where we start out with the best series and then work our way down to what we think is the shittiest. But even then, like, I want to just throw a caution that even though we might deem it shitty, Star Trek as a whole is still incredible. Uh, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Star Trek, even my least favorite, I have still watched probably more than once. Oh. That's not true. We'll get into it. But um, Okay, let's just start off. What do you think is the best Star Trek series in your opinion? And let's see if we've got copacetic or not. Um, the Next Generation. No, we're out of the gates and we are already butting heads. I, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, you're wrong. I love The Next Generation so much. I have had the wonderful pleasure of meeting several cast members from The Next Generation because 
I love them with my whole heart. And I feel like they kind of raised me because that was a huge part of my active school and weekend care. My parents would be like, you can watch Star Trek. That was like the one thing that we could all watch. And my dad often referred to it when there was like ethical dilemmas or if we were talking about like, you know, I did something wrong at school and he would be trying to teach me a life lesson about like, well, you can't lie. And he would use Star Trek as sort of the allegories for that sort of thing. Yeah. That's really cool. And, you know, setting aside your choice here for number one, I think that's sort of the crux of what a lot of people that love Star Trek are really into um, Mm -hmm. is sort of that way of looking at humanity through a lens and uh, sort of using it as an allegory for situations that we're dealing with at any given time. Um, I love your story. I disagree. Deep Space Nine is by far and away the best Star Trek series that we have to date at this point. Really? It uh, pulls back the veneer that, in my opinion, you get with uh, Next Generation of um, sort of this idea of utopia that's presented in, in Star Trek The Next Generation and shows sort of the reality of, of a society that no matter how you strive to certain ideals, there are always going to be certain cracks and certain people that don't want to be part of what you consider to be the right, you know, sort of way of doing society. And uh, I think these are both sort of products of their times and, and of the cast that are in them and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think Deep Space Nine gives us the first sort of foray into that serialized storytelling and sci-fi that then birthed us, you know, shows like Battlestar Galactica and that sort of thing. Later on, we didn't really get that stuff before Deep Space Nine. And uh, and, and really just sort of explores some characters that you would not have uh, had the time to really delve into in the same way in, in Star Trek The Next Generation and, and deal with some topics that, uh, you know not in any great structure, but like, you know, themes of colonialism or imperialism and that sort of thing and uh, occupation and, and war and all of that. And uh, yeah, I think that is, in my opinion, ends up being the superior series because it takes at least that chunk of time, the 90s, a little bit more as it is and, and deals with telling stories that are familiar to people there in that space than, uh, than the next generation, hmm. which I feel like is also a representation of, of sort of a mindset in the nineties, which was this mindset of, uh, you know, American superiority culturally wise. And like that we'd hit sort of some peak sort of equality at some point in the nineties, they, yeah. they really thought they sorted shit out and everybody, if they just conformed with white American culture, everything was okay. And everyone was chill and happy all of a sudden and just sort of glossed over all the problems that uh, didn't really uh, fit into that, that sort of ideal of America in the nineties during the, you know, sort of Clinton era of prosperity and jazz. Your, your description is very depressing. Mine is very like, was inspirational and yours is like no but mine was telling it how it is you're right you're i'm 100 percent in agreement with that and you're 100 percent right too (laughs) i agree that it is a fantastic allegory and i cannot harsh your experience about how it was presented to you and why you love it and why you think it's the best well and it, it it's really it shaped who i am and what i would like to be and maybe that's why it's that's of course why it's my number one and maybe why um deep space nine is not my number one because it was that night and day kind of comparison and i was like i I already live in that world 
I want like the fantasy of like one day we will potentially live in this utopia where there yeah. is true acceptance and <laughs> universal health care and education and whatever. Um, but I also just think like, here's a little anecdote. Um, I just loved the portrayal of some of the characters that I do think evolved over the course of Next Generation particularly Dr. Beverly Crusher as played by Gates McFadden and um, the impact that she or she her character had on generations of women in the sciences and people that identify as women in the sciences I think is just so powerful and amazing and I will say uh, my sister and I met her years ago at the Calgary Comic Expo nice. and my sister did mention that because of um, Gates McFadden's uh, portrayal of Dr. Beverly, Beverly Crusher is why my sister went into uh, civil engineering and biomedical engineering. And it was just so amazing because there was a line of people behind us and Miss McFadden was like, no, no, we're having a conversation and had like a really great conversation with my sister about the sciences. Oh, that's cool. And so I think it's also the work that the cast did in other ways mm-hmm. is what was so powerful to me. Like the entire cast was on an episode of Reading Rainbow, Ben. Yes, they were. They were also a lot of them on Gargoyles, but that's not the same thing, is it? We're talking about something totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I totally get your point. And I think where I came to Deep Space Nine being my favorite was not of the time of watching it. Uh, because TNG was the same for me as that show that I came home and watched after like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it also shaped sort of my ideals of wanting a better utopia. But I didn't understand then, and I sort of see it differently now, is that when Star Trek, TNG, and their crew were trying to solve a problem, it was often about trying to get these cultures and societies to adhere to their way of thinking and sort of treating them as as lesser or, uh, you know, barbaric or something like that for, for doing things their way and not meeting them where they're at. And I think Deep Space Nine did a lot more of meeting uh, characters outside of the Federation where they were and their societies where they were. And I found that, uh, I found that just more, more my speed. And, but I got there as an adult. That wasn't, that wasn't how I felt when I was watching that stuff coming up. Honestly, if you'd asked me in my teens, whatever, what my favorite was, it probably would have been Voyager at the time. Cause that was a show I got to watch from beginning to end. Okay. So we're at odds for number one. Yeah, yeah. Is there any way to come or are we just making our own lists at this point? I think we're making our own list because nothing you say or do is ever going to make me change my mind about TNG being the best TV show. That's so. absolutely <laughs> fair. And it, it, it shouldn't, it has that beautiful place in your heart. I've never tried to change that, but I will offer an alternative way of looking at it. <laughs> okay. You're, what's number two? So for number two, we flip it. It's TNG for me. Okay. Interesting. Uh, TNG hits the second spot uh, for all of the reasons you said. It gave me something to aspire to when I was younger, something mm-hmm. to look forward to, uh, an optimistic way of looking at the future that things could be better in spite of where they were. Um, I appreciated all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just in sort of becoming an adult that I've sort of come to appreciate Deep Space Nine uh, more. Okay. Um, as as how it's approached things, but you know, you don't get Deep Space Nine without having stuff like TNG in the original series first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, TNG has that nostalgia factor for me. It is it is my first Trek, my first taste of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it definitely stayed with you, and that's amazing. What's your number two? Uh, Voyager, but I always want to call it Voyager, or you know, the 
the French Canadian voyageur. Um, I'm with you. Voyager with uh, Kate Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew is fantastic. Oh, she is a powerhouse. Like everything, she throw mama from the train. Come on. Commanding as hell. Frankly, I don't really care how he feels. Powerful voice. That is a woman you want ordering you around. Right. I would listen to her. Right. I loved that show. I remember my parents had um, a viewing party. They were so excited. There was a female captain. My dad was like talking to me about how important that was, that there was a female captain on a star, like Star Trek series was really like, that was big news. And so I remember like they had their friends over. We all sat and watched the TV show. I remember my dad's best friend was just like, this is a great episode. So the nostalgia of that makes it a special place in my heart. But I also think that as it began, it was a really interesting story because of some of the things you kind of mentioned, like we met an opposing team or crew of sorts that, you know, had completely different ideals than those of the um, Voyager. And they had to come together to solve this really intense problem that was something that was completely foreign to that universe at that time. It's brilliant. It's a great premise, an absolutely fantastic premise, and why Voyager falls down on the list for me, because they abandon that premise so fast. Yeah, they do. They drop, they drop it like it's hot, uh, and not in the good, you know, Snoop Dogg way. Um, they drop it, and they barely touch it again. And instead of being a progressive and I don't mean that in the terms of sort of liberally forward thinking progressive as in, um, you know, prog rock style, like moving forward and each bit having an impact on their story. They quickly return to basically uh, TNG light. And yeah, that, that premise, I watched the whole series, like religiously, I sit with my oldest sister and we would watch it every time it came on and it was a great show. I loved it, but yeah, losing that sort of, oh, this is going to be so wild. They have to find ways to work together. It's always going to be a problem. They're always going to butt heads. And no, everyone's wearing wearing that Star Trek uniform by season two. And everyone's pretty chill with being Star Trek at that point in Starfleet. And they're all, they're all happy. And so, you know, suddenly I see them retreading problems that I had with TNG and mm-hmm. uh, just sort of their, their problem-solving approach. And uh, yeah, so I still love the show Nostalgia High. Yeah. Um, Kate Mulgrew, great, uh, you know, wild, wild problems with the Chakotay character and uh, how they got that character and uh, the not Indigenous person that they hired to teach What's-His-Face to act like that character that they thought was Indigenous because he lied about it. Um, Anyhow, lots of problems. But yeah, it was just a show that seemed to have such a wildly cool potential at the start that just sort of let it go for for TNG light. And it brought, I think, again, like it, it brought us many wonderful, like it brought us Garrett Wang. I mean, how can you not love him? Yeah, yeah. We get Tom Paris. Uh, I'm joking. Tom Paris is, is a fine character. He's okay as a secondary character. We get Robert Picardo, though, as the Doctor. Like probably one of the greatest TNG characters to ever exist. And that's the thing. Like you have these iconic moments, lines, characters that are standouts. But of course, I, I do agree with you on all those things. Like, it, I really wish that they had dug deeper into the controversy. Just not given up on it. Just let it be a thing that yeah. continued to happen. Well, and I stopped watching just before they brought in Jerry Ryan as a Seven of Nine. And I remember my dad saying, like, all oh, their ratings must be slipping. So they're bringing in, you know, the, the big guns. The cat suit. The cat suit. And I just remember thinking, like, 
Star Trek isn't about sex. It's about like problem solving and diplomacy. <laughs> I'm such a little dork that I was like, but what about helping each other instead of just selling TV ratings? Oh yeah. So I never really understood the uproar around her character for good or for bad. I thought she was like the the very few episodes I did see with her. I thought she was great. Oh, she was a fine character. Jerry Ryan's an excellent actor. There's a reason, you know, she's back in Picard. Um, oh, good, yeah. Yeah, I, I've read a little bit of like behind, behind the scenes where uh, I guess Kate Mulgrew took personal offense to them bringing in this like star female to take a whole bunch of like lead episodes away from her. But uh, I guess they buried that hatchet over time and realized that they were sort of being pitted against each other, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's our number two. So number two for me, TNG, the classic, the nostalgia, Jordy LaForge. Oh. Done, done dirty all the time, but still my favorite character. Um, and, uh, you've got Voyager for, uh, yep. you know, sort of the monumental captainness that's going on there. So we are on divergent lists. Do you think your list is the best Trek list or is your list more my favorite Trek list? And it's okay if they're both. I'm just curious if you think there's a delineation, like, would you change anything if we were aiming to do like, these are the best series? Yes, I think so. Like, I think that people would already be disagreeing with us on these things like i do think a lot of the diehards would say like i can't believe you dum-dums haven't said anything about the original star trek with like you know shatner no it's got its place it's not that good storytelling wise it isn't and that's why like i think that people would disagree with our list but i think Mm -hmm. my list is accurate yeah i'd say for me my list is both i think it's the Mm -hmm. best of trek and i think it's my favorite trek so you know what? That's what it is. Uh, I understand you're all going to disagree. We probably are getting facts wrong, and we love that. We want you to yell at us in the comments on our Instagram or Twitter, or just send us emails angrily explaining how you know it's a two-parter in the mm-hmm. original series or whatever. Whatever nerds, we're not nerds. How many times we got to tell you we ain't nerds? We dorks. We don't need to get the facts right. We're just passionate about shit, and we don't care if we're right or wrong about the details. But I just want to point out, you can angrily but respectfully write us. Oh, shit, yeah. When I said angrily, I was mostly joking. If you come at me, I'm going to throw down. <laughs> be angry all not, you want. Like, you know, I will not be pleasant. <laughs> I will be stern. I will write you a sternly worded reply. <laughs> it was very Canadian of us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, like, watch the tone, buddy. I'm sorry that you disliked the episode, but fuck off. <laughs> There's a Canadian. Okay, number three. What's your number three? Uh, I think I hit Voyager here, weirdly enough. Okay. So we're just slightly out of step. What's your three? <sighs> this one's a tough one for me, I think. Because you're starting, I'm starting to see red if DS9 doesn't drop here for you. I, now I'm starting to feel like you're objectively wrong. I'm totally kidding. No, this totally is where kidding. I'm starting. I, I'm really torn between ds9 because i loved cisco i thought he was like a powerful like just amazing oh hell yes and odo another one of those like iconic characters um i really really like ds9 quark quark garrick the best ds9 character garrick oh my god what is happening okay we'll do another episode on each character the best characters of each series oh yes so you're torn between DS9 and... Hard. I really liked it. I know a lot of people are going to be... Like, that's a controversial thing. A lot of people did not care for that show. I loved it. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah. Again, I think I'd like diverge myself here. If we're going with what is the better series, DS9 without a doubt, what is the list that means a lot to me? Picard. Wow, wild. Okay, well, you choose which that is, and I'll just quietly seethe about it. Okay, I'm going to go with DS9 because... Oh, I don't have to seethe. Yeah, I think we're... I Because I, I really did like it. I remember like we watched it on Sunday nights, mm-hmm. and it was after dinner, and sometimes my grandma would watch, and she'd be like, I don't understand anything that's happening right now, but it is delightful. If you basically take those three 90s series and mix them up into the top three, I'm sure most... You, you get like the 80%. Yeah. No, you lose a lot without TOS. But for people that don't really care for that series, which is anybody under 45 or so, I'd imagine. uh, Wow, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail on this episode. Um, Remember, this is just one idiot's opinions, folks. And we've already said that we love all Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Keep that in mind when you're angrily typing. I'm not saying it's bad, but, you know... All right. Well, I think we can kind of keep going then, right? Yeah. Are you happy with that? Yeah. I feel like we've talked about these three shows ad nauseum. Yes. Not ad nauseum. We're, uh, we're on a timeline. Yes. We are trying to be succinct. We're not doing a great job. And failing, as usual. Uh, okay, four. I want to hear your four. Your, your number four. Where are we at? So is it the alternate? Yeah, it would be the alternate for me. So, so Picard for you there. Yeah. And I really... It was more or less because we got to see like, you know, visiting old friends and seeing like what's what's Freaks up to on the old farm. I love Jonathan Freaks so much. He is hard to not like. He is lovable, isn't he? He's charismatic. Yes, charismatic as shit. Like I love him. So yeah, uh, for, for me, number four would be Picard. That's dope. I'm down for that. I think it's TOS here for me. Okay. Um and I will have to admit right off the bat, I have not seen every episode. I've seen 75%. And here's where I start to get into the part where it's not my OG Star Trek. So it definitely falls down off of the archetype of the 90s Star Trek for me. But then I start to appreciate sort of the campiness as watching it as an older person for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, the campiness is great. The morality, I appreciate where they're coming from and trying to tell these, like that early sort of establishing Star Trek morality of like, Okay, but what if we looked at it from this point of view? Love that shit. But uh, some of it is really, like, oof, dated. And uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to get past that. I'm sure it's not an issue for a lot of other people. But uh, for me, it's hard to get past that. But still uh, still appreciate the stylings of the decks and stuff and the characters. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, Scotty will probably always be my fave. Oh, yeah. Or Welshy. that's a little reference for those who know um but scotty yeah always liked doing the do hand voice um yeah that's my four is is tos very nice i would say that tos would be my number five well let's move on then let's go five tos is five for you how much of the original series have you watched i don't know because honestly that entire like it's only like three seasons or something just people screaming at us right now not knowing how many seasons it was how do you not? I know. I'm, I'm very sorry. But all of it just seems like a fever dream to me because I watched it and I remember, again, like my dad and I talked a lot about Star Trek. Um, he was like, you know that this is the original show and the next generation is like what happens after. And I was like, what? And so. And you're like, not to me, dad. No. And I was just like, these shows are night and day. But it's because it was the 90s. I was a child. 
Um, and I just remember watching original Star Trek and not really knowing what the hell was going on because mm. it looked older. And for me as a child, I was like, that means I don't listen to you. But I, in my adulthood, I read quite a few uh, memoirs of the cast of the original Star Trek. And I really appreciated like those iconic moments, the character, like you said, like kind of laying the foundation for what would come, but then also laying the foundation for what would come just in terms of like society and knowing like, especially like George Takei has really taken his celebrity status and done like incredible things for advocacy and activism, as well as his acting career, um, especially in the United States. And you know, it's been really amazing to see these people on this television program that was supposed to kind of just be like, you know, this goofy sci-fi. Space Western. Yeah, Space Western. Change the world. Um, and I think it all can be summed up. And I know we're not talking about one-offs, but um, how William Shatner changed the world. I think that's what it's called. There was just a one-off special about how Star Trek, that specific series, like... Um, the original changed the course of science and people going into sciences. So I really, really respect and appreciate what happened because of that television program. But I can't say mm -hmm. that I really loved the episodes themselves. Yeah, that's fine. I think that's, that's just fine. This is our rankings after all. And uh, yeah, no, I feel generally the same. It just, bumps up a little higher than me I, I'm giving honestly I think a lot of the reason it ends up in in fourth place for me is because of the motion pictures the movies like well but that's different because the motion pictures are wonderful they're 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 unparalleled and but so they've raised the esteem uh of the original series for me because of the cast I could 100% um, why but for five I'm at Enterprise okay uh, I think it was uh, a series that I really loved watching when it came out. I did not have any of the problems that the fan base, the established fan base had with it. I just it was enjoying the fucking ride. And uh, Scott Bakula is probably one of my biggest like uh, crushes as far as male actors go. Um, Quantum Leap will forever have such a w warm spot in my psyche. Yes, as well it should. It's, it was an amazing show. Just watching these episodes as a kid, I didn't understand what the fuck was happening. But I was just like, I, this is good. I know it. I know it. I don't get it, but I know it. <laughs> but Scott Bakula as, as Captain Archer is just fantastic as this sort of bigoted piece of shit white guy who's like really being forced to confront himself on, a, on an episodic basis. Sometimes they lean a little bit too much into a, his pride is fine and he's fine. And, you know, he's really just trying to stick up for humanity or whatever but uh largely he's got a lot to learn and i appreciate that we're going to stumble make mistakes i'm sure more than a few before we find our footing but we're going to learn from those mistakes that's what being human is all about yeah i think that series had some missteps and some bumps or whatever that caused some people some consternation but overall i think it's a really entertaining uh whatever four seasons i think it ended up being okay yeah that's my that's my number five that's your five uh um that's one of the ones i didn't actually watch oh that's okay we're gonna get to mine 
Okay, perfect. So yeah, there's there's my black ball or red ball or whatever they call it. Well, look, I'm just excited for you because you've got four seasons of Star Trek you haven't seen yet that is good and definitely feels like it comes from that same place as the 90s uh, sort of Star Trek, even though it's early 2000s, in as far as the sort of structure of the episodes. Uh, some of the side characters are like criminally underdeveloped and that sort of thing, like Mayweather Mm -hmm. and uh that but like yeah overall i thought it was a pretty solid star trek series dr flox is probably still one of my favorite characters oh interesting okay i'm excited to watch this program the denobulin opinion yeah yeah we'll talk about it when we get into the individual series which will happen we will be doing breakdowns not just of the series themselves but probably of favorite episodes and probably you know best characters or Mm -hmm. sexiest characters there's a lot of Star Trek that'll be happening in Dork Matters, I oh, promise you. As well as many pictures of me and the original cast of The Next Generation being posted. I think that'll just be, yeah, that should just be our episode art for each of our Star Trek episodes. Yeah. A different picture of Lexi with one of the cast and crew. Just talking through what I'm feeling in this picture. Right now, I'm feeling very, very overwhelmed because LeVar Burton is touching me in an appropriate yeah. way. Well, not, not like that, yeah. No, she said appropriate. appropriate. It, was a, it was a photograph. He was a lovely man. Um, okay, so as do you- <laughs> that went places. That went real- I I did a lot to unpack. The unspoken there did a lot of speaking. I love Lavar Burton. How could you not? He's sexy as he hell. He is like he went from being like a young fox to like uh, like a stone cold fox as an older gentleman. Silver, silver fox, right? Yeah, he is still attractive as hell. Do your sixth thing. Wait, I have to do what? Oh yeah, uh, <clears throat> this is my new trademark. I didn't realize this would become my thing, but here, here we are, six episodes, and apparently, repeating consonant sounds is what I will be known for. Six. Oh, I love it. That's great. This is where we get into some choppy shit. I think for me, six is uh, actually discovery. Me too. Whoa, we did it. <laughs> like in Pee Wee's Playhouse, where all the they said the word and everyone's like, yay! They did it. We got six. Balloons should be falling from the sky right now. Yes. Oh, there's the balloons. You can hear them, folks. You can hear the squeaking. Squeaky, squeaky. Uh, yeah, yeah. Discovery is a show with problems, a show working itself out, a show with a stellar cast, yeah. though. Um, when we get to see them, it's less of an ensemble than the previous shows, which is not my jam personally. Uh, overall as far as star trek goes but i still love the show sonigua uh martin green is is just fantastic oh powerhouse she is a powerhouse i just everything that i've seen her she is lovely she seems like she could carry an entire series which i kind of think sometimes she is oh she is by by design like this is her series it is not the ensemble series we've seen in the past and that's uh you know it's Hard for, I think, a lot of fans. There are moments. I'm not trying to take that away. There are little moments. I really did appreciate the premise. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. Any opportunity to see Michelle Yeoh be Michelle Yeoh, I'm taking it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Star Trek is probably the basis of like 90% of my crushes. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, though. Yeah. Hell yeah. But then we also get Jason Isaacs in that first season. I know. And he is. No villain that you've ever wanted to like beat you up while talking sexy to you more. I will use you or anything else I can to achieve my mission. And what mission is that? Send everyone home. Safe and happy. 
I love like the second he was there, I was like, he's the bad guy. And John was like, I don't think they're doing it this time. And I was like, you wait for it. Yeah. Oh, come on. You, if you know, Jason Isaacs, you knew he was a bad guy. The second he walked on, on stage, I would love to see him come back as prime Lorca. Uh, if that happens, but yeah, now we're getting into this thing with, uh, with discovery, which is the cast is so great. Even if it's not as ensemble as, uh, as, as previous ones, but like we've got Anthony Rapp. Yeah. Motherfucking Rent. Like, this dude founded Rent, started Rent up. Like, he is the founding, one of the founding Rent players and uh, went back and reprised his role for the movie version. But, like, he started that shit off Broadway. And here he is gracing our screens as a gay icon. I think the problem, if I may, oh, please. with the casting here is that individually, they're all such incredible, strong actors that it's hard, like you need a couple people, not that are weak, like that's not the right word. You just need some different softness there because each of them are at like kind of the same level mm. and they're all so amazing and they could all carry a series in and of themselves that it's like, you never get a downtime. Like, and you also don't have like the same types of like side relationships. If I can use TNG as my example, mm -hmm. like all these like interesting interrelationships, not the same as discovery i just feel like every character is just kind of like a standalone yeah i, I get where you're coming from yeah we don't have like our Jordy and data happening i mean maybe awosha kun and uh what's her face um detmer awosha kun and detmer like they and that uh is it second or third season third season i think it is where uh awosha kun gets to mm -hmm. to head off with uh pike on that like away mission in one of the mm -hmm. early episodes and i'm like okay that episode that episode was 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 like my old school Star Trek. Like that yeah. was a proper away mission. We get to, you know, feature some of these side characters a bit more, the, the, the secondary cast, and yeah. So I, I see what you're they're they're trying to do some of that a little bit more. But you're right, we're not quite yet. Even with like Anthony Rapp and uh, Doctor Colbert mm -hmm. and stuff, and like trying to build out their little family and stuff. Yeah, they're trying. I needed more time with them. Yeah. Again, the problem, if, if I was writing Star Trek, because I'm such an expert, I would have mm -hmm. dragged the first season out into two seasons to really like focus in on some more like character development because I want, I just, I just want to get to know the characters a little bit more and on different levels. Yeah. Honestly, the entire series could have happened in, uh, in the sort of existence of uh, that Klingon war yeah. that we know of from history of like Star Trek and TOS and stuff. Yeah, the whole series could have been set there. And I know they kind of like, I think they, with the fans, kind of painted them into, themselves into a corner with like some of the things like the Spore Drive and sort of the prominence of this Discovery ship that nobody's ever heard of. But like, yeah, maybe we would have gotten more of that if people had been able to just like chill a little bit and let the show be whatever it wanted. Yeah. It definitely feels like some of the seasons have been reactionary to sort of fan reception. Yeah. I think listening to Dan Levy talk about Schitt's Creek and how important it was and, you know, the wonderful thing about having a show like Schitt's Creek on um, a network like CBC was that it had time to grow and time to evolve into this masterpiece that it then later became. Um, I still think the first season is wonderful, but um, I feel many people I've talked to said like, yeah, the first season nearly lost me, but then halfway through the second season of Shit's Creek, of Shit's Creek, it just takes off. And so I think that's the magic of giving a show space and just letting, you know, the creative people be creative without having too much influence from the fan base, especially 
a fan base that is so like the Star Trek fan base has opinions up zoo. Well, and this is another thing that we get to, which is just like sort of fandoms in general exist now in a space that they didn't really in the nineties or earlier because of, you know, the prevalence of the internet and socials. Um, yeah. So like that obviously seems to have an effect on shows more than it ever did. Even enterprise suffered from that a bit because the anger was, was much more visible with like forums and chats and stuff like that. So um, yeah, no, definitely, definitely an impact like that. So now we're on seven. We're moving on to seven. Discovery, though, in summary, great show. Love it. Watch the hell out of it every episode. Yeah. Yeah. It just, uh, it hasn't hit a, a place yet where I put it in sort of the mythic status of some of the earlier ones. And it may never. And that's fine. I'm just happy to have motherfucking Trek back. It Maybe it'll get there. We just got to give it some space. And also what it did was ushered in an era where we are now on the cusp of like four or five different Trek shows. So yeah. Discovery brought us modern Trek. It, it did for, you know, modern Trek what uh, TOS did, you know? Mm-hmm. Where are we at? Lexi, shoot, seven. Lower Decks. Lower Decks. I think, and for me, it's just because I haven't seen it. So there you go. Man, I'm actually starting to get confused on what we have left. I think I would put Lower Decks... Yeah, Oof. I think I put Picard here. I think okay. I do. I think I put Picard here, and it's not going to be fair why, but Picard hits here because to me, Picard feels like, oh, I hate using these words, but canon Trek a little bit more. I know Lower Decks is canon. I love Lower Decks. It's probably going to be eight for me here, uh, and it could climb in esteem, but um, we'll get to that. Yeah, Picard's here. I love Picard. I love how it started out. Uh, it could have been higher up if it did not, in my opinion, stumble so hard at the end. Mm, okay. Uh, like it was just building and building and climbing and climbing. And then we hit like our our peak at like, I forget, it was like 10 episodes for that ser- for series or whatever, first season. Oh, whatever. I think so, yeah. The last three or so episodes just feel like uh, like a real sort of like down, down. We get to these real small sets, lower budget. Like it just felt like sort of like, oh, okay. This is a, a lot of uh, standing around talking and like this feels like a really early TNG episode in a way that I don't mean it as a compliment for once. Uh, and it just sort of lost its sort of energy and uh, and that really pulled it down for me. Um, I will. I agree. I can see that. I, I like I said, like a huge part of why I love the card is just because of the nostalgia of it. I do see where you're coming from with that. I did have a problem with a couple of the characters. Um, I, I found the character of Raffi, mm-hmm. even though I love Michelle. Um, her. her, I think she's beautiful, wonderful, amazing, talented. I just thought the character of Raffi was a little bit like, she didn't play a good alcoholic. You know, I was just like, like that, that to me, I was just like, ah, Picard. So much of what happened and built up in the next generation kind of came crashing down in some of those character dynamics and relationships later on. Um, so I can appreciate and see where you're coming from. And I, I would agree on many of those points. And I also, I want to remove my comment about Lower Decks being an eight for me because I haven't seen it. It's not fair for me to judge it. So take that out. Yeah, yeah it's still got to get ranked. Put it somewhere. Uh, it can sit with uh, Enterprise. Shit, what do we even have left? Oh shit, what number are we on? Are we on nine or did we just finish eight? We're on nine. Okay. We We're haven't done nine. nine yet though. We okay, and uh, at this point, what do we have left? Um, 
we talked yeah well i think i because now i haven't seen those last two right so that's your nine and ten and that just bottoms out those two and i am trying to remember what i have left i guess it's lower decks for me yeah and uh lower decks is a fantastic show love it it feels like 90s trek as well which is that little bit of nostalgia that i love but also like the humor in lower decks is so trekky or trekker um like it Mm. just feels like it gets the shows it loves the shows and the humor is coming from those places of like appreciating those shows um you know tng ds9 and, and voyager um but it's to me an animated series and i don't know if that will ever be my like trek trek uh if you will allow such a complete nonsense description <laughs> or definition it is it's just animated for me and it isn't it isn't sort of in the same universe mentally for me do you feel that way about um original star trek the animated series yeah so that's my 10 yeah is to, is the original animated series star trek the animated series uh watched I don't know, a handful of those episodes. It never did anything for me. Mm-hmm. I've heard there's some interesting episodes and characters. I've watched a few that are considered to be sort of like worthwhile. But yeah, it doesn't do a lot for me. And uh, it certainly doesn't feel like it's part of that universe that I love so much in the same way that the live action shows are. Is that unfair? Maybe. I don't know. You tell me, folks. Uh, get mad at me if you want to. Let me know or give me some great uh, treaty on why uh, the animated shows are actually the truest form of track. And hey, I'll I'll read it and then never talk about that because that ain't how I do this. But I'll read it. I swear to God, I'll read it. Uh, But yeah. The original animated series gave us the shocked Shatner meme. And uh, we can appreciate it for that. I don't even fucking know that meme. It's the one where he looks like, oh, I'm so shocked, but not really. Googling. Listen to me typing, folks. Chuck Shatner. I was uh, doing that for effect. Oh, yeah, there we go. Wait, wasn't Chuck Shatner from the original series? It is. Yeah, the original animated No, the, I think the original meme was from the original series, and then it led to... Oh, you're right, yeah. Shit, I don't know, whatever. Uh, yes, I'll appreciate it for that nonetheless. I don't know what I'm talking about. I think that's become apparent to everyone. Star Trek has given us many things that we appreciate. Wait, so where did uh, the animated series land for you? Uh, I'd say it's one of the ones I haven't seen. Yeah, I, I shit. So what is uh, your final order? Let's let's give a recap because I can't fucking remember what numbers we're at or where anything went. Okay, Lexi's list: best and favorite Star Treks, starting from best to least best or least favored. Go. Uh, Next Generation was number one. Then we had Voyager as number two. I'm holding up fingers to help her count. I have to look at the the list because now I'm nervous that I'm going to mess up here. Um, It's okay. It'll be great. It'll be like an Easter egg for listeners. Can you find the discrepancies between the final list and the list that was actually spoken during the show? If you do, send it to us and you'll win absolutely nothing. We like to give people puzzles. Uh, But not physical puzzles, just sort of mental ones. I can't remember. I think that I had then said number three was the toss-up between Picard and Deep Space Nine. Yeah, and I shamed you into giving it to Deep Space Nine. Yes. Um, so then we have that's three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, 
then I believe... <laughs> Our lists are not going to match at all. No. Um, and then I think that I went to Discovery. And then that's pretty it. Yeah. Sure. Fuck, I don't remember. That's the part of being, you know, the hipster douchebags that we are, that are in our mid to late 30s at this point. We can't remember what we said 10 seconds ago, so... Can't, don't want to, not going to try. Whatever, look at the show notes. We'll list it there. Will we? What was mine? I can remember top three. I got uh, Deep Space Nine, TNG, Voyager. Then we hit the original series. Um, And then I think I did Enterprise. And then Discovery. And then Mm -hmm. Picard. Animated. And then Lower Decks. And then... um, uh, the uh, the yeah uh, the original animated yeah because we said that we were going to talk about the short tracks right short tracks can be ten if y'all really want me to put a put a place for it okay then uh, you probably got your list right as well and we're okay and everything's fine uh, super looking forward to lower decks uh, return in a couple weeks here or a week now and uh, also uh, strange new worlds I thought Anson Mount was just uh, a goddamn delight as uh, pike just handsome as heck lovable likable okay sexually spikeable i was going for a rhyme but that sounds weird now that i said it out loud I mean, it doesn't mean anything either you do what but, you gotta do which is rhyme i do for no reason appreciate that jonathan frakes is coming back to support in um some capacity for strange new worlds so i'm excited for that oh is he doing some more directing and right uh directing on that show yeah it's great he directed a few on uh the different seasons of discovery so far as well mm-hmm. it's uh it's great to have sort of alumni involved in that stuff and uh season two of picard we are getting q john delancey's back oh, um, how exciting it is very exciting. Uh, they have said many times in many interviews that it is a different version of Q. I don't know if they mean that metaphorically or literally, but I think it actually might be literally. And hear me out. Okay. He's got a goatee. What does goatee mean in Star Trek? Evil. <laughs> it means an evil mirror version of a character. <gasps> so is this a cue from an alternate timeline or the mirror universe? Because if you have all those other characters in the mirror universe, why wouldn't you have a cue? That's my supposition is that this is a mirror cue who has been through some way different shit. <gasps> oh, like that. And maybe not just a mirror universe cue, but, you know, there could be more than one, you know, mirror universe out there. So we'll see. I don't think this is our cue. I don't think it is TNG cue. I think we're in unprecedented territory with organic Android Picard and uh, alternate universe cue. And I can't wait to see that because I love that we're going a little bit, you know, off the books here for some of these storylines. So let's, yeah, let's mix it up. Sure. Why, Why not? Let's see. Let's see what's happening. Uh, Excited for season five of Discovery, whenever that happens. Shit, if you told me a few years ago that we'd have a new bunch of Star Trek series, but like the original new one was going to run five seasons. Yeah, I agree. I always kind of expect a season to do like three seasons, 10 episodes tops, say goodnight. Like then. Especially for streaming platform shows, which, you know, even though you know, uh, Discovery's getting broadcast or whatever. It does feel sort of like it's made for their their streaming platform more than anything else. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
Well, there we have it. We ran down the best slash our favorite Star Trek series in the most definitive order you will ever hear. This is it. This is law. This is gospel. Uh, Our two versions of that list are the only official versions, and that's the only way you can like those series in those orders. Yep. It's canon now. It's canon. Canon. Oh, shit. I did it again. Uh, and we got to chat a little bit about Star Trek that's coming up. We are not going to become a Star Trek podcast. There's enough of those out there, really good ones like uh, The Greatest Generation, if I can give them a little plug, and The Greatest Discovery, which is the same host as The Greatest Generation, and they take on sort of all the new series Trek stuff and cover that, and uh, they're they're great to listen to, Ben and Adam. Certainly one of my favorite uh, podcasting duos so uh and don't forget that gates mcfadden has her own podcast um yeah gates mcfadden um investigates who do you think you are i think that's a fairly recent one so so it's not trek related i mean anything's trek related if you want it to be and if it's gates mcfadden like you know gates mcfadden investigates who's the sexiest doctor of all time uh hmm yeah, I'm gonna have to go with flocks. <laughs> that I think is it for us. Let's put a pin in it there. Yeah, <laughs> Star Trek. We will talk about more Star Trek. Don't worry, but it will, uh, you know, still be your lovable mashup of uh, a million other things we want to talk about as well. Because that's why we made this podcast. So thanks for listening. Let us know if you're into Star Trek or not, if you liked listening to this episode or not. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll uh, take that feedback and file it. Yeah, and never talk about it. Under don't care. <laughs> thanks for listening. We actually love you and appreciate you and uh, don't want to have an adversarial relationship with y'all. It was uh, just meant to be funny. So uh, as Jesus said, turn the other cheek. <laughs> I love that you went from insulting the listeners to being like, please don't be mad at me. Jesus said you have to love me. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, my narcissistic ego Canadianism. All right. We outie 5,000, motherfuckers. No. Oh, no. 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 Not I, on that? Don't cut that, Jess. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have a hard time sleeping tonight because of that one. Like, All right. Let me take this out. Uh, what's a good way to leave? Um... You got a good Gene Roddenberry quote? Bye bye. <laughs> you know what? I'll bet he fucking said that at some point. I know what? Prove me wrong, Ben. I can't. I'm not even going to try. I think he said Gene it. Gene Roddenberry at some point said bye bye. Bye bye. Words of one of the greatest creators of all time. Bye bye. Dork Matters. Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give a rating and tell a friend about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out our original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song Dance off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksiga, the Bigani, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Metis Region 3.
Dork Matters is a proud member of the Alberta Public Radio Podcast Network.